I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, USU, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. We had our first dateable live show late last year, and it was a huge success with a packed house. If you weren't able to make it or want a refresher, here's a snippet from that show. First up, we flipped the script and had Logan Yuri interview us. If you recall, Logan is from season nine, episode 14, The Science of Dating. And at the end, we had a steamy Q&A session where a particular past guest was called out. And now it is my pleasure to welcome UA and Julie to the stage. Let me tell you a little bit about them and about the podcast. So they are the creators and co-hosts of the Dateable podcast, as you know. And it's an insider look into modern dating. The HuffPo called it one of their top 10 podcasts about love and sex. And they've also been listed as a top dating podcast on Brit Co., Thought Catalog, BET, and most recently, Ask Men. So I know a lot of you are familiar with the podcast, but if not, every week, UA and Julie talk with real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, 
date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. So I'm thrilled to flip the script and bring UA and Julie up here to talk to them for their first ever live show. So welcome, Julie and UA. Okay, so how did you two end up creating the podcast? So UA and I met through mutual friends. Actually, one of them is here, Courtney Kay over there. (laughs) And we actually met through a company. I started 500 Brunches. And I remember I had been here for like eight years and UA had just moved here um, after being a dating coach in New York and Beijing and LA. And she's like, what the fuck is up with the dating scene in San Francisco? (laughs) And I was like, I don't know. It's normal. I've been dating here since I'm 25, you know? (laughs) So one night we were out and like all good things started a bar. We decided to make a podcast. Okay. So raise your hand if you're in the audience and you've thought about starting your own podcast. Wow. Okay. I see quite a few hands here. So why don't you two walk us through a quick version of your advice for somebody who wants to start a podcast? Mm. I think just do it. Like <laughs> You're only going to learn if you put it out there. So yeah, just put it out there into the world. It's kind of weird because like, it's awesome seeing you guys all here now, but when you're podcasting, you have no idea who's listening, but you'll start to get feedback and people writing you. So yeah, just, just do it. Um, definitely get someone who knows sound very well from the very beginning. It's so important. Okay, so 160 episodes later, I want to hear from the two experts. What is the state of modern dating? And what are two insights that you could each share with us about mm. things you've learned about dating from doing the podcast? Great question. So I'm going to roll this up into two insights, and one of them is the state of dating. I really think when we first started the podcast four and a half years ago, it was a lot of dating fatigue because it was hot to be on dating apps. Everyone and their mom, literally everyone and their mom was on dating apps and people felt very fatigued. They felt like they were going on several dates a day and these dates weren't amounting to anything. But now four and a half years later, I think where we are at now is that we're more mindful about dating. We hear this all the time. I want to meet people in real life. How do I do that? How do I get off the dating apps? How do I do more self-discovery and self-awareness? So the state of dating right now is we calm the fuck down (laughs) from dating apps and said, how do I actually do this dating thing right? And the second insight I have is that men and women experience the exact same things. So if you are sitting here and you're like, "Mm, those men, those douchebags, the men are also (laughs) like those, you know, (laughs) complain about the exact same things about each other. Everybody goes, everybody's a dick, everyone's been mean to someone. So when you think it's like the other sex or the people that you're trying to date that are at fault, you have to look to yourself first. For sure. I think the state of dating is that anything goes these days. Like, I think back in the day, like, everyone's goal was to, like, get married, have kids. And Mm. I think right now, like, that really just varies so dramatically. Like, we see people that have been married for years and are opening up their relationships. We see triad relationships. So plus two to a wedding. That's always fun. Um, <laughs> I mean, we see people that are single and loving it, like Larry's episode, single and loving it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's just like um, right now, 
now. There is no right one right way to date, and I think that's actually really wonderful because we've seen like from the divorce rates and like generations above us, like this is kind of our chance to like define what a relationship should mean on our terms. So it's actually a beautiful thing, in my opinion. But <laughs> the second thing I would say is、um, I think everyone's looking for a connection, and there's a ton of options right now, and. It's really like just cutting through the BS on the dates. Like back in the day, there was like this rule, like no politics, no talking about your exes, and like now it's like anything goes. And oftentimes you don't get that next date, so it's like better to be real than to like have the date talk within reason, of course. Like you don't have to give your whole life story maybe on date one, but I think just opening up and getting real early on is really where people are going. Okay, so you mentioned that one of the ways that you first connected was that you arrived in San Francisco and said, "Wow, the dating scene here is so weird," and that's something that I hear all the time. And I feel like people in different cities always think that their city is the hardest place to date. So,、mm-hmm. from your experience, you've talked to a lot of people who are in the SF dating scene. How does dating here compare to dating elsewhere?、Ooh. Good question. I think when we first started, we were like, "San Francisco is so unique. We got to do a whole show about San Francisco." <laughs> and then we like quickly realized that like the same shit's happening everywhere. I think San Francisco, like a lot of stuff happens first here. Like dating apps were like more novel here. I mean, we're in the tech capital, so obviously.、Um, also, just people are like more. Open-minded, we're like kind of like we're polyamory and open relationships are like a first here. But I think every city has its nuances, but the same general things that are happening, like ghosting and breadcrumbing and all the stuff that's like a little challenging with dating, is happening everywhere. Like for example. In LA, we had a guest once say, and I would never even thought about this if we didn't have this guest. That was like, LA is actually really hard to date because it's just too nice there, and like the traffic is so brutal that you're like, oh, should I meet this person from Tinder that I don't know anything about, or just like have a cocktail on a rooftop bar? You know, so it's like dating just doesn't happen as much. So I think every city just has nuances. Anything that you think is unique to SF dating? Unique to SF dating would be, I feel like the question is always on the table, which is, is monogamy dead? And、yeah. I feel like I hear that in this city more than any other city, maybe New York, because I think everyone's kind of questioning, like, is it just two people in a relationship forever, or could I share the love? Yeah, I mean in SF, everyone's like optimizing everything, so it's like,、yeah. and we're also like, oh, can we like define the purpose, perfect relationship? And sometimes it's causing us to challenge things a bit more. But also we have、um, tech bros here and、mm. founder hounders, so that's different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Founder hounder is a new one for me.、Mm. That's interesting. Go、yeah. to the battery. Oh yeah, yeah. It's an interesting point about monogamy. I remember I was at a wedding once, and this guy came up to me, and he was like, "Defend monogamy." <laughs> I was like, "Only in San Francisco." That's a pick-up line. No, no. He went,、oh. oh, well, maybe it was a pickup. <laughs> he described himself as a radical polyamorous, and it was it was、that. interesting. And. I just sort of said, well, maybe monogamy is actually the biggest kink of them all. Yeah, you know, just one person for a long time. It's, it's kinky, kinky. It's a fetish. It's a fetish. <laughs> Fetishize that person. Okay, so how has doing the podcast changed the way that you date? And I would love to hear about this from maybe where you were when you started it, and what some of your motivations were, and then how your dating life has evolved and where you are now. I think when we first started the podcast, I felt like dating was I needed to win. 
I needed to get that second date. I needed to get this person to like me back. I need to get as many matches as possible. And then I realized, after doing four and a half years of this podcast, is the measure of success of your dating life and your relationships. It's not the longevity or the outcome. You've seen people in ten-year relationships who are miserable. We've seen、uh, we've seen numerous divorces when, at the time when they were married, that probably was a measure of success. I think the measurement of success of any date or any relationship is: Did I learn something after the date? Did I learn a little bit about about myself, and did I learn something new? And if you walk away and maybe there was no kiss or a second date, that's okay because you actually gain something from it. You've all heard the story. You go on like an eight-hour first date, and something's like amazing, make out in front of. Barnett. No, no, no. <laughs> I hope it's not in front of Barnett. <laughs> and then you're like, oh my god, why didn't this person call me back? Why didn't this equate to a second date? Because the longevity of that date doesn't equate to that was a successful date. It's just that you both had nothing else better to do, and you just wanted to keep hanging out with each other. So we need to start like rethinking how we how we perceive as successful dating. Yeah. I think like when Tinder was kind of like at its peak, I definitely rode that wave and was definitely guilty of serial dating, like being on a date, being in the bathroom swiping on someone else. So felt guilty of that. But also, I think I took it really personally, like when things like wouldn't work out, and I thought there was like something wrong with me, like when like things didn't go past like date three or so. And after, like, when we first started the podcast, I was in a relationship, and I think I learned really quick that, like, it's not all about me. It's actually not about me at all. And there's everyone kind of has their own stuff going on, and you just don't know that when you're meeting someone for cocktails for an hour. Like, you really don't know much about their lives. So I think what this podcast has really taught me now that I'm single and actively dating again is like. You just like put yourself in their shoes. Like, yeah, it sucks to be ghosted. It sucks to be flaked on. But like, you don't know what this other person's going through. Like, we hear these perspective ones all the time, and it's always shocking. Like the exit interview. I don't know if anyone here listened to that one, but if you haven't, you should. We had a guest that like thought that all the women were not interested in him, but they all were, or like open to a second date. It's just like you also just don't know what's happening. So yeah, I think. This podcast has definitely taught me to be more open, if nothing else. And now we're experts. <laughs> <laughs> so, over the 160 episodes, is there one story or one episode that really stands out to you? Time for a quick snack break. That's right. I feel like we should think about what we want to eat later because sometimes it's so hard, isn't it? I want something healthy, but I also want something easy to make. So now's the time for you to discover Sunbasket, a service that delivers organic, pre-measured ingredients and quick, healthy recipes right to your door. Two selling points for me about Sunbasket: one, it was founded in San Francisco, and two, Justine Kelly. The award-winning chef from the famous restaurant Slanted Door created the recipes. Sunbasket's dietitian-approved meal plans cater to many diet needs. You can mix and match recipes across the full menu, regardless of your meal plan. I recently made the ginger turkey meatballs and lemongrass broth with cauliflower rice. 
Uh-huh, I'll let you digest that for a sec. It was so delicious. Sunbasket is now offering $35 off your order when you go right to sunbasket.com slash datable and enter the code datable at checkout. Again, that's $35 off your order. Go to sunbasket.com slash datable and enter the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E. I'm sorry if I made you really hungry, but now back to the show. So over the 160 episodes, is there one story or one episode that really stands out to you? So tough. Um, I would have to go with the man funnel. I don't know if anyone remembers that one. It was season seven, episode 20. And I think what I love about this is like, who hears anyone here at sales and marketing? I know there's a few. This is tech. <laughs> but you've all probably heard of like the sales and convergent funnels. And it's like, you got to get enough prospects in or they start to leak that funnel. And this woman, Megan Wex, like she broke it down. She's like, dating is the exact same thing. You've got to fill that man funnel up. And I mean, it was just like hilarious. But also I think what really made it stand out to me is like the number of people we ran into or like wrote in or like sent us Instagram posts, like whatever, maybe they're like the man funnel. They just kept like fixating on it. So try it. (laughs) (laughs) The episode that really stands out for me, and I always talk about this one, is called So I Went to a Sex Party. (laughs) Season six, episode 14. Julie and I were invited to go to a live sex party. Yeah, versus virtual. (laughs) Supposed to virtual. Uh, in Oakland, and we didn't know what to expect. It was our first time going to a sex party together. And we decided to bring a friend with us, and we taped the entire thing, audio recorded the entire thing. <laughs> Good clarification. <laughs> to clarify. And what really stood out to me about that was, one, I, we were both in a very uh, uncomfortable situation. As much as I love porn, I didn't want to be that close to people having porn, having sex Sex, sex, <laughs> that's what it's called, sex, having sex in front of me. Um, but also what was so fascinating, because this is what makes San Francisco so amazing sometimes, is we had this woman who was our, like, sex Sherpa, <laughs> and she's like, welcome to the sex party, I'll be your sex Sherpa, you guys are new here, I'm going to show you around. I'm also head of HR at Salesforce, and we're like, oh, cool, that's awesome. So um, apparently the sex parties are really good for networking. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that was great, so we heard your favorite episode. What about a favorite story? Like if you were talking to somebody on a plane and you were describing to them what you do, what's a story that you might bring up that happened on the podcast that you were exposed to through the podcast? Uh, story. Story. <laughs> There's so many. I don't even know where to start. I think um, this is more maybe like an evolution, but like we had one guest, Margot, who is season seven, episode nine, rewriting the roles. (laughs) Weird memory, but (laughs) and um, she basically came to us just totally like distressed about dating, frustrated by men, the whole nine yards. And we did this episode, we actually, like, sometimes we wait to air certain episodes, not for any reason, just because we get backed up. And one of, like, we knew her through mutual friends, and one friend was like, hey, have you talked to Margot recently? (laughs) We're like, no. And she's like, some things have changed for her a little. So we caught up with her, and she basically told us that the podcast had inspired her to really just become much more open. She went on a date with a couple. So uh, that was fun. And then she changed her Bumble settings to women. So she basically fell in love with a woman and we had them back on the podcast. 
and they basically shared their story of how like all these years they've been kind of told to do one thing and they started to like really evaluate what they wanted and that's what made them do that change and i think that's like it stuck with me because it's like how much of what we think is like comes from like our family or like society versus like how much of it's like what we truly want Needless to say, all said and done, she's kind of gone back to men. But I think sometimes, like, you have to go full circle to realize, like, what is it that you actually want out of someone? And I think just, like, seeing her now, she's just much more confident. And I think sometimes we, like, judge success of relationships on, like, marriage and children and all that. And while that's great, that's not always the whole picture. I think, like, seeing these success stories of people, like, finding themselves more or, like, getting more comfortable in their own skin personally make me happy. And by the way, when Margot <laughs> went lesbian, um, Julie and I were like, should we try it? <laughs> and um, we also had a diaper fetish episode, and we were both like, should we try it? <laughs> so I think as a side note, every time someone brings up something new for us, we're like, should we try it a little bit? Except for the finger up the anus. I don't know. I just, that wasn't, that wasn't really doing it for me. But the story... <laughs> The story that really stands out for me is uh, at uh, season three episode. Help me out, Josh. Oh, episode um, she knows seven, I believe. Sure, I'll go with that. <laughs> Josh, who dating the CEO of a startup. There you go. Josh is the CEO of this um, startup called Monday Motorbikes, and he talked about how he's married to his work, married to startup, and how his employees are his wife. And how he just could not uh, find capacity in him to date emotionally and physically. He slept at the office. Everything, everything. So basically his whole episode for like an hour was like, I don't want to date. And then we got like 50 emails that were like, no, Josh, you want to date. You want to date me. Like all these women were like, we're going to change your mind. But of course, it's the man who says they're too busy. Of course, right? So we got all these all these emails that were like, you know, Josh, do you want to meet these women? He's like, no, no, I really don't have the capacity to date. And fast forward two years later, he's now married. So we had him back on season nine. Season nine, episode two. <laughs> where we asked him, like, what's up? What changed? And he said, well, the startup thing didn't really change that much. But what really changed was when I met my fiance. Before meeting her, I felt like a relationship and a partner would drag me down. It would slow me down. It would um, take me away from reaching all my dreams and my potential of being a unicorn startup founder. And what he really found with his now wife is that she actually empowered him to be in a better position to succeed and to really live his dreams and pursue his dreams. So she's the one that that didn't even try to convince him. She was like, if you want to be in a relationship, you don't, but I'm not here to try to drag you down. I'm here to try to lift you up. So that's a beautiful story. We thought. <laughs> so speaking of lifting people up as a final question for everyone who's here tonight, people listening on the podcast later, what is one thing that people could do today or tonight or this week in their love lives to actually just improve the way that they date or the way that they show up in relationships? Hmm. Ah, oh, very good question. We didn't plan that one. Curveball. Um, <laughs> keep, keep you on your toes. I love it. I, I I think this is just. I think this is just really important to note is that you you have to go through the trenches in order to find what you want. 
We've seen it with where Julie, Julie's episode where in a relationship, oh, she was friends with someone for eight years before they became um, a couple because you have to like kind of do your shit first before you find that gold. Oh man, that really works here, doesn't it? <laughs> but <laughs> sometimes when you're in the trenches of dating, it seems like it's just heartbreaking and it's just, it's so hard to keep going because you're like, I'm fatigued, I'm exhausted. Why me? Uh, this, this idea of like scarcity, that like, there's just no one out there for me. But it, of all the stories we've heard, if you go through the trenches, because there's no shortcut, you can't hack your way through love. If you go through the trenches, you will find yourself with a successful something, like a happy something. And that end goal can be different for everyone, but you have to like go through the jungle to get there. Yeah. I think it's also like super easy to like blame your city or like make excuses of what like is holding you back. But like, I know for me, like therapy and just like looking inward and like all of that is like really what made all the difference. So not saying everyone has to go to therapy, but like, do you should, but maybe, (laughs) but like, I think it's like, sometimes we also think that like, it has to be like, let me get all my shit in order and then I can focus on dating and The reality is, like, it's always going to be something. So, like, while you shouldn't be stopping to be the best version of yourself, like, look at, like, what excuses you're making yourself. I don't want to say anyone's, like, put anyone down, but it's, like, the common denominator is you, and there's always ways we can improve. And you don't have to be perfect to be in a relationship. Spoiler, most people that are married and in relationships are not perfect. So improvement, but also, like, not using that as an excuse, too. You just inspired to me say to say one more thing, which is um, we're also afraid of getting into relationships. It's always been like, mm. I want to be the one to have the DTR conversation last. I want to be the one to show the least interest because he or she is going to like me more. Unfortunately, that's not how successful relationships work. The only way you can improve yourself in a relationship is to get into fucking relationships. Like you have to just keep getting into them. Even if they don't work out, why are we so afraid of being like, yes, I want to be your girlfriend. Yes, I want to be your boyfriend. Let's just try this. If it ends by this Sunday, that's cool. I can still go home and watch Friends. So like, just it's better for us to just like, like get over the fear and get over the pride of being like, I want to, I want other people to put me on a pedestal. It's, mm-hmm. It does not work that way. Can I do one more? Yeah. This is how we this is how we go. We play off of each other. But I think uh, last minute. I think it's like taking the ego out of it. Like sometimes people are always like, I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want to show my cards. But like the reality is you're making a relationship with someone, like that is all of that. So like put it out there, worst comes to worst, you watch friends. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. Well, I love ending this little chat on a note of vulnerability. Yes. I think that's a great piece of advice for everyone. And perhaps on behalf of everyone here, I just want to thank you too for the work that you're doing and the stories that you're bringing to people. And I think it's just so humanizing, and it just normalizes a lot of the experiences that people are go through go through with dating. So thank you guys so much for thank you. That. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's it. Thank you. session with some Q&A. Does anybody have any questions for us? Who had a question over here? Come on up. (laughs) How do you guys come up with your various content ideas and the various speakers? What does that process look like? Mm. So I think her, your question, hopefully I'm iterating it right, was how do you come up with the content ideas and like the speakers and the guests that you have? 
So we do it a couple different ways. Like some people write in submissions. So please do so if you haven't already. Like we do comb through all the stories that come in. So that's a really great way. But also there's a lot of topics that we have in mind already. So sometimes we'll put out kind of casting calls on Facebook. Uh, I think that's actually how we got Larry for Single and Loving It was a Facebook post. No, Craigslist. (laughs) (laughs) Don't reveal our secrets. (laughs) But um, yeah, so we do it that way. But then also a lot of times like we'll have people reaching out to us. Like we had Candace Bushnell, the author of Sex in the City, her people reached out to us and we were like stoked. So yeah, I think it's just a combination of many ways. Um, We're just like always just trying to stay on the pulse of what's interesting we also get like listeners writing in about what they want to hear about so please do so if there's topics we haven't covered like that's always a really great way so we can make sure that we're making content that is relatable for everyone and here's one way that has sort of worked dating apps (laughs) jeff (laughs) jeff was our only guest who was sourced from a dating app everybody else said no (laughs) <laughs> any, other, any other questions? We got booted off of Bumble. Just <laughs> we almost did. Questions? What do you think the right moment is to end the date? Oh. Ooh, this is a good one. We had um, one guest that I will forever remember that was infamous five-minute date. Like, she showed up, looked at the guy. If she wasn't into it, she left money for his coffee. And that's a little brutal in my personal opinion. (laughs) I mean, I sometimes people need to warm up. Like we've heard like one drink too. It's like you have to also think about like this person did make an effort to come and meet you. So I'd be pretty bummed if someone threw down like a five after being there for five minutes. So I think that's important to think about like what they're doing too. That being said, if like they're disrespectful or like bothersome to you, then I think that you can leave the date. But I would say if they're just like a normal person and you haven't like established just tons of chemistry, like I would give it at least two drinks if you're not drinking like a couple hours just to like let some time go by and see if like you can bond over something. And who knows, like even if it's not like a romantic connection, like it could be a friend, it could be like a business connection. Like I go into every day just trying to meet someone new and that's kind of how I look at it. It, did you guys pay attention to Logan's presentation? You should have a date, but it's on a high note. So when you're like about to make out, you're like, nope, I'll save it for next time. It's always, to, I think it's always to end on a high note where you want to see that person more. And again, you don't want to end it when it's like, oh, when is this going to end, right? So end on a high note. High note. Yeah. Any other questions? Oh, yeah. Questions oh. are coming now. Love it. How do you recommend fending off dating fatigue? That's a great oh, one. Fending off yeah. dating fatigue. How, how to fend off dating fatigue? I wish we had Andrew here. Is Andrew here? We had an episode called Dating Fatigue. And <laughs> our guest on the show is now happily engaged, and he was supposed to come today. And we really want him to answer that question. But I think for, for me, I've experienced... For me, I've definitely experienced dating fatigue, Julie, as well. And I think the one way I found a great, like the best way for me to fend off dating fatigue is to one, take a pause, but don't, don't say, oh, I'm, I'm on a hiatus. I hate that word. Like I'm on a dating hiatus. No, you're not. You're like still checking people out when you're out. You're just taking a little pause, 
but finding other ways of connecting with people, whether that's in person or or finding some like non-romantic connections. Because when you start to connect with other humans, then you'll be ready to get back into the dating pool. I mean, I definitely think like kind of take a look at like where your own mental headspace is at the time. If you aren't showing up well on dates because you're just burnt out, like get off the apps because like it isn't really worth the time at that point. Like if you're not showing up in a positive place, I would all like I've definitely been there before, and I really just like poured my like heart and soul into like starting a business and like working on myself and like working out and like anything that would like get me to feel better about myself because I think at the end of the day, a lot of the dating fatigue comes down to how you process things. Like especially in dating, it's rough out there. I'm sure everyone agrees with that. It's like people can be rough, especially if they don't know you on dating apps. Like there's just no you though. It's like up to you to kind of recognize that and just be like. Okay, like this has nothing to do with me. They don't even know me. Like I'm a great person. Like all of that. And if you're not in that mental space, like do whatever you can to get there. Okay, the hands are flying now. We just need to warm you guys up. <laughs> just wondering about the episode ESA to women. Oh, ah! yeah, seems super calm. Uh, but when I listen to episode, I saw that was the thing that that was pretty easy. Oh my god. Uh, okay. Don't listen to it. Yeah. It would feel really humiliating about it. Man, who explain all these tricks? You're infuriated. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, so I was wondering during the recording session, how do you guys feel about the fact that you guys about what he said? Like, what do you guys think and feel at the time when he was? Hey. Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna. Yeah, repeat the question. Okay, so just to repeat it, this was about um, season eight, episode three, I think. PSA to women. I might be wrong on that, but it's early on. And uh, <laughs> and the question was like the guest had a lot of just contra uh, contra uh, con- yeah, controversial. Why can't I speak? Controversial <laughs> is why we edit the podcast. <laughs> controversial views. And the question was like, how do we react to it and like kind of stay calm through it? Because this was definitely a triggering episode that we did get some people reaching out. Who's listened to that episode? Raise your hand. Oh, okay. A lot. All right. So you guys know. (laughs) I mean, okay. So I guess first to start off, like, I think dateable, like the whole point of it is to like have people have diverse opinions. So while we don't always agree with every opinion that's been voiced on the show, like our goal is to like open the stage to different types of opinions. My personal opinion was like that guest was trying to like actually like do something well for people. Like he had good intentions of like delivering like a message per se, whether it came off in tactics that I don't necessarily agree with. But like, I think it's just like respecting people's opinions, whether you agree with them or not, at least from a guest perspective. Um, I'm going to I'm just going to reveal this fact right now. Leon is here in the audience with us because, <laughs> because he was on the show anonymously. We are protecting his life. Uh, but I, the reason why we still communicate with Leon, I think it's what, to, what Julie said, is we want to create a platform where people can express their opinions and can express their advice to other people, whether you want to take that or believe that, that's up to you. But I don't think we need to shut anybody up because their views are rather controversial. 
we were a little bit uncomfortable with some of the things that were being said. But with that said, there are men out there like that. There are also women out there who are equally as manipulative and conniving, and that's just the world today, and that's everywhere. So in dating, we all know there are the bad guys, and the bad guys do exist. Do I think all men think this way? Absolutely not.、Yeah. I don't think my boyfriend, who is a lovely man, has ever thought these thoughts in recent years. <laughs> But maybe at one point or another, he has, right? Cool. What was that? That oh, now we're intrigued, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's season eight, episode three. Three, yeah, I believe season. Sorry, season eight, episode three. PSA to women. It's great around the Thanksgiving table, Christmas <laughs> table. But I mean, I think like just to iterate one more point on that, and then we can go to another question. Like the only person we can control in dating is ourselves. Like we can't control people out there, the manipulative tactics they're doing. But I think what was nice about that episode was like, hey, it gave light on like some things that can be there. And I'm still a believer of like giving someone the benefit of the doubt and thinking the best in people. But like when it becomes like five times like things that feel like a lie, like it is up to you to kind of be like, is this the way I want to treat it to be treated? I think Captain brought it up with the ghosting or a few of them. It's like why put people in your life that treat you that way and like someone showing you who they are, like you need to believe them. Yes. Yes, that's there. How do you feel about having sex on the first date? Ooh. How do we feel about having <laughs> sex on the first date? How do I personally feel about having sex on the first date? Let's pause now and know that in this moment, you have the power to better your life. You have the control to make 2020 your best year yet, with the help of a credible professional to support you along the way. Now, with BetterHelp, you can experience online counseling and connect with professional, credible, and compassionate counselors in a safe and private online environment. Everything stays confidential, and you can always change your counselor. With over 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists and your choice of communication modes, including text, chat, phone, and video, BetterHelp makes it easier than ever for you to find help. For Datable listeners only, get 10% off your first month with the discount code Datable. You can get started today. Just go to BetterHelp.com/datable. Fill out a simple questionnaire to help you assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. Again, that's BetterHelp.com/datable, and use. The code D A T E A B L E for ten percent off your first month. Now back to this episode. How do we feel about having <laughs> sex on the first date? How do I personally feel about having sex on the first date? If you want to do it, you do it. I mean, there was a time where I didn't have sex for like a year, and I was like, yeah. If there is an opportunity for me to have sex on the first date, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> is there like a hard rule on if you should have sex on the first date? I think we can. That's Up to your own discretion. Do you feel comfortable? Do you feel enough chemistry with this person to just have a, a physical connection with them? And can can you can you wake up the next day or at 3 a.m. and be okay with leaving that apartment, not ever seeing them again? Right. So those are things you have to ask yourself. But my personal opinion is, if you want it, you go get it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think.、Um, Kind of on a similar boat, but I think like ultimately it comes down to like you what you're looking for. Like some people are just looking for sex, and like, but if you are looking for like a committed relationship, like 
personally, like, I think sex gets better as you, like, really get to know someone. So, like, if you had, like, a connection that was just, like, off the charts, like, on date one, like, I don't believe in, like, date one, date three, like, what's the difference? It's kind of, like, really up to that experience and, like, what happened there. But I think, like, UA started to touch on a little. It's, like, know yourself. Like, if you are the type that gets super attached, like, sex will cloud the way you're looking at someone. So, like... Again, like, I don't want to give advice because, like, I personally have definitely had sex on the first date, so I can't say that, like, there's no reason to, but, like, it does cloud your judgment, and if you want to look objectively and, like, see, like, how someone's treating you, then sometimes it is better to kind of put it on pause a little. But every situation's different. Last question. Yes. It's going to be about pooping, but I, because I work here, it's, I work here because I like pooping. Okay. <laughs> she likes pooping. Who doesn't love to poop? Well, I guess I was curious if you have heard of any good stories about pooping oh. and dating, and whether it has ever interfered uh, with your romantic life uh, or any dates. Okay, the question was, have you heard any good pooping stories relative to dating and has it interfered with your lives? I'm glad to say pooping has not interfered with my dating life, so that's positive, but I have heard stories. Like, I had a friend once that was on a running date in Golden Gate, uh, Golden Gate Park, and, you know, some bowel movements started to happen, and she had to, like, literally duck out and like poop in the woods so <laughs> they never saw each other again <laughs> i don't think it's because of the pooping or maybe it was i don't know um i guess i i will steal this person's story because they are here in the room and they've told me this story where he went on a date with a girl who um, had a bad stomach and on their uber ride home he started smelling things in the uber and uh, thought it was the driver. <laughs> so he started rolling down the window, and when they stopped at her destination, he helped her out of the car and saw that there was a wet spot on the seat, and her pants had stains on it, and she didn't say anything about it um, the entire time, and he escorted her up the stairs and said goodnight. She never acknowledged it. And um, I guess a few days later, sorry if I'm butchering the story, she texted and said, thank you for, you know, thank you. And just thank you, I guess. And um, he, he wrote back, like, no problem, shit happens. <laughs> 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 I, I wish he could tell the story on here because he does it better, but uh, she did not text back. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we actually had this, we had a whole discussion about this, and pooping did come up on the a recent episode we did, Zipper Dick. I don't know if anyone watched that one. Yeah, watch that one. Listen to it. Oh, yeah. You should be watching it. That one's too good to listen to. But anyways, like, part of um, what the discussion ended up being, like, was what happens when stuff happens out of your control? Like, sometimes you just can't help... Like, if you had a poop or throw up, like, things definitely happen. So if you are on a date with someone and that happens, like, and everything else is going well, like, I would encourage you to, like, try to give them the benefit of the doubt. Or if it happens to you, like, I think just, like, being like, hey, I'm super embarrassed and just owning it. Because, like, it would be a shame to, like, let something like that kill a relationship if it just was something that was an unforeseen circumstance. 
Should we do one more question so we don't end on uh, <laughs> who is, full circle? Who is the last um, inspirational question? Anyone? <laughs> no pressure. Courtney. Courtney does. Is this about oh, peeing? I know you do. No yeah, for you. Well, I love you both, obviously. Um, okay, my question is: After all these seasons, what is it that inspires you to keep going? What is it about this that? motivates you day in and day out like why do you have the burning passion for it and what's to come with dateable podcast as someone who loves you guys has been there from the beginning yes you have (laughs) (laughs) confessions of a matchmaker (laughs) so the question just to repeat it one more time hopefully i get all of this is kind of what keeps us inspired and going by doing dateable like and then what is in the future for dateable well, first of all, it's you guys. Thank you for showing up. We were like, this is going to be really embarrassing if nobody shows up. We had a lot of RSVPs, but we know how flaky people are. So thank you so much for showing up and supporting us. Because it's it's because of you. That's why we do it. Otherwise, we do each other. Why do we have to put it out there? Um, so hearing the stories, and also we get these emails from people we've never met. They, some of them live in Australia. Some live in the Philippines. And they'll say, this episode really resonated with me. I mean, I had a guy friend who was like, the single mother episode really resonated with me. I'm like, that's weird. Um, you, just, you just never know when, when a story or perspective can really touch you or change the way you think about dating and just life in general. And what keeps me going is that I learn something new every single time we record. We Every time a guest leaves, I'm just like floored, even if it's just... Even if it's an episode about pooping, I will have learned something new and inspirational. So it's been life-changing for myself, and I love this opportunity to keep evolving my own thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I definitely would second that. Like, we had this girl come up to us at a crab feed last year, and she was like, I recognize you guys from the podcast. And we're like, oh my She's like, can I introduce you to my boyfriend? Like, every, like, weekend for a while, I would just, like, go to the park and, like, put on headphones and listen to Dateable, because I was just, like, so frustrated by dating and, like, all this stuff. And I think just, like, hearing that was, like, I mean, obviously, she was, like, with a really great guy, and, like, they seemed super happy, but just, like, the general like vibe that this woman had was just like so much more positive and uplifting and just like seeing that and hearing like the stories come in and seeing like the people we mentioned like the guests we've had that lives have like taken like 180s and like also just like the two of us too like i think we both had very different views going into this that we're not nearly as open-minded as we are now so i think that's what keeps me going it's just the continued learning and evolution and just like really understanding what's happening with modern dating especially as we go into 2020 feels so (laughs) futuristic right but what's next for dateable i mean i think like for us like obviously keep making great content like we want to just keep making um, episodes that resonate like I think we've seen it a few reviews on Apple which makes me so funny it's like dateable relatable so like the more stuff that like we can do that like makes you guys like feel like you're not alone in your dating lives like that's kind of where our aim is but like I mean just big picture we'd love to take this to TV we'd love this to take this to other media so like that's kind of like our pie in the sky dream so we'll see how that plays out If you follow us on Instagram, we recently went to New York and we were invited by The Wing in New York to do a talk about dating. 
And when we were there, we took a few meetings. I won't mention who. But those were great meetings for us to explore kind of like where we can take a podcast. I think everyone's always like, what do you do with a podcast after you put it out there now almost five years? I think now we're really thinking like the teenage stages of our podcast. What does that mean? How, how can we grow it? But what, what is a bigger platform we can build for a much bigger influence and having, giving people a bigger platform to voice their opinions? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. All right. We're going to... One, one thing before. One oh. ask, I guess, for you guys. If you could tell a friend about Dateable, that can help us get there. So thank yes. you. <laughs> We're going to do a couple thank yous. Thank you guys so much for coming out. I, we really, really appreciate it. This means so much to us. I want to thank Logan for opening up the show Woo! and for sharing all of her insights with us. Make sure you check out her episode. Make sure you also follow us on um, social media because our video is dropping this week, like I mentioned. We only have two more episodes until the season finale, which means three more episodes for the rest of the year. They're all going to be fantastic episodes, but that also means we're looking for new guests and new inspiration for 2020. It's going to be a big year for all of us. I can feel it. So if you have any ideas or want to be a guest on our show, please let us know. I really want to uh, thank Toto for having us and for allowing us the space. Again, it's like a, um, a physical platform for us to share our learnings and what we've will be created with the Dateable podcast. So thank you so much, Kona and Mariko and Rio, if he's back there, wherever he may be. Thank you, Rio. And who took a photo in the poop pool in the back and tagged it? Okay, claim you your gifts. Some people, you guys get a free um, emoji pillow. So if you haven't done that yet, you should probably go and take some more because we will have more time after this. So. Yeah, put um, those photos on Instagram. You just have to tag Toto Washlet. The, we'll put it back up on the screen, and then you can win your own poop emoji. Yes. And some of the poop emojis are girls, and some of them are gender neutral, just so you know. You can, <laughs> you can pick. And last but not least, we want to thank the crew. First and foremost, Larry, who went from being a guest on our show to being a friend to producer. being a producer, and he's going to be a permanent fixture live events going forward. I want to thank Tracy right there who was able to come and help out very last minute and thank you so much for all of your um, audio and video expertise. We want to thank, where is Jay, ah, there she is. I'm like, snapping photos. Jan, thank you so much for snapping all these photos. We're going to upload a bunch of them onto our social media so you guys can stock our social media. That's always a good way to do that. Anybody else I'm missing? I th- I... Yeah. <laughs> Who had beer tonight? So good. It's pretty good. So yeah, thank you to our beer sponsor, Palmia, which um, hooked us up for this event. So that was really nice of them. Yeah. And uh, if you need to take a giant dump, this is the time to do it. This is like a very comfortable space for you. If you want to announce that you're about to, are you, Rashad? Is this happening? There you go. We slow clap you. We slow clap you. And last but not least, you know we always end all of our episodes with stay dateable, right? Okay, so on the count of three. One, two, three. Stay dateable. Thank you! Want to continue the conversation? 
first, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Datable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag StayDatable, and trust us, we look at all of those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable. Stay dateable.